Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Samuel chapter 14 from the World English Bible. Now Joab, the son of Zariah, perceived that the king's heart was toward Absalom. Joab sent to Tekoa and brought a wise woman from there and said to her, Please act like a mourner and put on mourning clothing, please, and don't anoint yourself with oil, but be as a woman who has mourned a long time for the dead. Go into the king and speak like this to him. So Joab put the words in her mouth. When the woman of Tekoa spoke to the king, she fell on her face to the ground, showed respect, and said, Help, O king. The king said to her, What ails you? She answered, Truly, I am a widow, and my husband is dead. Your servant had two sons, and they both fought together in the field, and there was no one to part them, but the one struck the other and killed him. Behold, the whole family has risen against your servant, and they say, Deliver him who struck his brother, that we may kill him for the life of his brother whom he killed, and so destroy the heir also. Thus would they quench my coal which is left, and would leave to my husband neither name nor remainder on the surface of the earth. The king said to the woman, Go to your house, and I will give a command concerning you. The woman of Tekoa said to the king, My lord, O king, may the iniquity be on me and on my father's house, and may the king and his throne be guiltless. The king said, Whoever says anything to you, bring him to me, and he will not bother you any more. Then she said, Please let the king remember, Yahweh your God, that the avenger of blood destroy not any more, lest they destroy my son. He said, As Yahweh lives, not one hair of your son shall fall to the earth. Then the woman said, Please let your servant speak a word to my lord the king. He said, Say on. The woman said, why then have you devised such a thing against the people of God? For in speaking this word, the king is as one who is guilty, in that the king does not bring home again his banished one. For we must die and are like water spilled on the ground, which can't be gathered up again. Neither does God take away life, but devises means that he who is banished not be an outcast from him. Now, therefore, seeing that I have come to speak this word to my lord the king, it is because the people have made me afraid. Your servant said, I will now speak to the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his servant. For the king will hear to deliver his servant out of the hand of the man who would destroy me and my son together out of the inheritance of God. Then your servant said, Please let the word of my lord the king bring rest. For as an angel of God, so is my lord the king, to discern good and bad. May Yahweh your God be with you. Then the king answered the woman, Please don't hide anything from me that I ask you. The woman said, Let my lord the king now speak. The king said, Is the hand of Joab with you in all this? The woman answered, 
As your soul lives, my lord the king, no one can turn to the right hand or to the left from anything that my lord the king has spoken. For your servant Joab urged me, and he put all these words in the mouth of your servant. Your servant Joab has done this thing to change the face of the matter. My lord is wise, according to the wisdom of an angel of God, to know all things that are in the earth. The king said to Joab, Behold now, I have done this thing. Go therefore and bring the young man Absalom back. Joab fell to the ground on his face, showed respect, and blessed the king. Joab said, Today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, my lord king, in that the king has performed the request of his servant. So Joab arose and went to Geshur and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. The king said, Let him return to his own house, but let him not see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house and didn't see the king's face. Now in all Israel there was no one to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. From the sole of his foot even to the crown of his head, there was no defect in him. When he cut the hair of his head, now it was at every year's end that he cut it because it was heavy on him, therefore he cut it, he weighed the hair of his head at two hundred shekels after the king's weight. Three sons were born to Absalom and one daughter, whose name was Tamar. She was a woman with a beautiful face. Absalom lived two full years in Jerusalem, and he didn't see the king's face. Then Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king, but he would not come to him. Then he sent again a second time, but he would not come. Therefore he said to his servants, Behold, Joab's field is near mine, and he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose and came to Absalom to his house and said to him, Why have your servants set my field on fire? Absalom answered Joab, Behold, I sent to you, saying, Come here, that I may send you to the king, to say, Why have I come from Geshur? It would be better for me to be there still. Now therefore let me see the king's face, and if there is iniquity in me, let him kill me. So Joab came to the king and told him, and when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed Absalom. That is the end of chapter 14. For all of Joab's faults and bad decisions, he does seem to be very loyal to David, and we see that in particular at the end of the last chapter where he says, listen, I'm going to take this city and get all the honor if you don't come, and he invites David to come get the honor. In light of all of this, it seems like Joab's goal here is to get David back focused on his kingly duties. Then just a note about the designation of this being a wise woman that he went and found. I looked in uh, all the translations that I could find on the Blue Letter Bible, and they all translated it as wise woman. I think it means respected, aged, and respected. And one of the reasons that I think it means that is because I don't particularly think she's wise in what she does and in how she's helping Joab in this particular scenario. Let's talk a moment about the timeline. From when David and Bathsheba committed adultery to when the baby was born and died is probably about a year. And then the Bible says after that is when the incident with Tamar and Amnon happened. And then two years after that was when Absalom killed 
Amnon, as we read in 2 Samuel 13, verse 23. And then Absalom was in Geshur three years, as it says in the end of chapter 13 of 2 Samuel. So we see that David was close to 50 years old when he and Bathsheba did their thing. So he is then close to 55 or 56 when the woman from Tekoa comes. It struck me that this whole scenario of using the woman from Tekoa seems to be trying to use the same tactics that Nathan used when he was sent by God and used an allegory. But this allegory is lacking both in clarity and in basis. Um, First of all, Absalom hasn't repented. David has other sons, and it's full of excessive flattery for David trying to manipulate him. So for instance, in verse 6, she talks about her sons that fell into a fight in the field, but this is compared to Absalom, who very premedit- very much premeditated the murder of Amnon um, without appealing to the king, who is obviously God's anointed for carrying out justice. Now, a case could be made that what Absalom did was correct according to the law. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 17, it says that if a brother and a sister of even if their half-brother or sister lay together, they should be cut off. But then in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 27, it indicates that someone who rapes a woman and she cannot be married by this man, then he should be put to death and there is no fault in her at all. In verse 7, when the woman from Tekoa uses the phrase, quench my coal, I believe this is a reference to banking up the fire to protect a smoldering coal at night so that in the morning you can bring the fire back to life. So to quench the coal is like saying to extinguish any further life in the family. But again, this is not the case with David's family. He has many other sons. Then in verse 11, she talks about the avenger of blood. The next of kin was supposed to, within godly parameters, carry out this justice of of killing someone who murdered someone in his family. And it seems like David should have done this both as king and as close kin. So again, Absalom gives some appearance of doing things according to the law, but it's not according to the spirit of the law, and it will only be as it suits him, as we shall see. In verse 17 is one example of the flattery that seems to be so thick and sickening in this whole appeal to King David. She calls him and his decision as an angel of God, but it doesn't seem like anybody in this scenario is really trying to do what God says. Then in verse 21, you get the impression that David is saying that he has been tricked into this judgment. Then in verse 22, sort of verifying this, Joab acts like it's all for his, for Joab's benefit, deflecting the responsibility from David. But in verse 24, at this point, David still maintains a distinction, kind of similar to what God said that he was, that God was going to make it obvious that he did not approve at all of David's wickedness. David seems to be trying to strike some sort of balance between doing what he said he would do to the woman from Tekoa, but still maintaining his distance from Absalom. Then in verses 25 through 27, it's describing Absalom, and it doesn't say he was vain, but it makes it clear he was getting a lot of attention for his looks because he was really good looking. But curiously, it makes no mention of his character, except that in the next scene, he throws the equivalent of a temper tantrum by ordering the burning of Joab's field. 
One might ask why his servants would concede to do such a destructive thing for him, probably because those with any integrity didn't seek employment with him or didn't last long in his employ. Interestingly, Absalom doesn't just show up unbidden in the king's court. There may have been some fear of not being admitted and being humiliated that way or even being killed, but also he wanted the honor and prestige of being invited and recognized as in good standing with the king. And then in verse 33, his bowing and showing of respect is just that. It's a show. It's a charade, as we will soon see. But he gets his kingly kiss of approval that he wants that allows him to be active politically. So, verse 28, this is another two years later. So, David is close to 57 or 58 years old, not quite as old as I am now. (laughs) Again, I recommend the Chronicles of the Old Testament, and I will put a link to that on the blog. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 